0: ladies and gentlemen i do have ladies watching this show by the way just want to point that out I, I know i'm a libertarian podcaster with a heavy libertarian audience but women do watch the show so i appreciate you ladies for tuning in and the gentlemen of course but anyway i'm coming to you from the LeBant homestead the free state of Lebant in new hampshire i'm here out in the wilderness it's pretty exciting Uh, And we got a good guest on today. He's a little late, but the system was down on his end, so he had to fix it, but he's here. But before we get into that, I just want to point out that I do have a substack, and there is a link to that in the description. And I've already hit 100 subscribers on my substack in just about a week or so, so that's pretty cool. Check it out. I put out articles every couple days whenever I can. And it seems to be pretty band-proof. A lot of people I know who get banned off of mainstream alternatives, they're still on there. So definitely subscribe to me there. Also, check out my Patreon. I don't have any exclusive content up there yet, but I will soon. And also, buy my shirts at toplobster.com. And all of those links are in the description. So anyway, we've got the man himself, Dan Smotz from to sid pod on the show how are we doing today
1: hey what's up reed that's one hell of an intro video you got there my friend
0: yeah it is i uh it was kind of expensive but you know like <laughs> i don't know i mean some it's people do every art for penny. me and <laughs> so, so how do you pronounce uh to sid pod anyway is there a way to or is it just an acronym that you're not supposed to try to pronounce or
1: uh, i think you nailed it actually that's
0: to sid yes. pod yes. that's yes. how it just, goes yeah
1: to, to see tc seed pod i think i don't know <laughs> I, yeah no it's uh the system is down uh tsid pod i i usually just spell it out because uh, i know a lot of people have hard times with spelling so saying it saying just pod as uh as you have um you know it just confuses things yeah so i, I understand i understand
0: so we've actually gotten to spend a lot of I don't know if we'd call it quality time together, but we'll go with that description anyway. We've spent a lot of quality time together in the last uh, couple months. We saw each other in Reno for a while, and then you were at Porkfest pretending to work like the whole time. So it was pretty good. Correct. But um, I mean, our journey actually started at Porkfest last year where you came up to me and said, hey, I want to interview you. And I forget what I was doing, but I was doing something... I said, well, you were standing the there I'm pretty sure you were yeah.
1: just standing, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which yeah. I mean, back then that might've been more important to me at the time, but, um, anyway, I said in a, in a little while, how should I contact you? And you said, I'll come find you. And I don't think I saw you again until Reno, Is that the correct? next year? So, yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: <okay. laughs> One year um, later. Yes. We, we crossed paths again, but yeah. Um, which in fairness, we've told this story a couple of times, I'm pretty sure on other podcasts, but, um, in fairness, I didn't know anything about you, and I wasn't like, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, are, are you still there? Did you just mute? Sorry. I'm I'm still here. Yeah, that was weird. Um, in fairness, I didn't know anything about you, so I uh I wasn't like stoked on interviewing you anyway because I didn't know what, like anything about what you were about or or any of that. So. I didn't have any questions prepared. And as you know, I still don't have questions prepared going into those interviews. So it it could have possibly been worse than these ones that we've done recently. But I think they get better every time. Just a little bit more, Um, I don't know, bannable, I, I think, is the goal that you're going for.
0: Yeah, I would say, I mean, you know, in your defense, um, I met uh, Dave Rubin last year at Freedom Fest, and I asked him if he'd come on my show, and he said, Sure. Talk to this guy. He'll set you up. And then I realized, like, what am I actually going to talk to Dave Rubin about? Like, he's I mean, I liked him in like 2015. I thought it was kind of interesting in 2016 ish. But now, like, I mean, I, I don't really get what is special about Dave Rubin anymore. So he's a gay I, conservative. I guess, but that's not even like a niche anymore. Like, know. you know, the other people are grifting <laughs> with that too. So like, I, I haven't followed up. I guess I could, I mean, I have his secretary's phone number and I could call and get an interview right away, but I don't cool. know what to talk about. Did you so have me on to, like-
1: to brag about your guests? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> Dude, to no, th- these people. are the
0: nobodies. Dave Rubin's a nobody to me. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, before we uh, keep going on with the, the short stories, um, I do want to, you know, present something groundbreaking here that lots of people may not know.
1: And, I'm not and this proud is,
0: of it. You're not proud of it. This is mostly for my haters, also for my fans, but mostly for my haters. Like, if you hate the Liberty Unity thing, then this is definitely Dan's fault. But not just the Liberty Unity thing. If you hate the fact that i am relevant at all in the liberty movement it is also completely the fault of dan smots and i'm going to go over why that is i'm the shadow
1: coverdale as i'm (laughs) saying
0: for those of you who have been following me for like a couple years now uh after the jorgensen campaign i was kind of blackpilled on the whole libertarian party thing and i was looking into the articles of unity thing that uh they were going to run like a republican with a democrat and try to win on like a few core issues or something and i I was just really aggravated. So, toward the end of the year, I think it was actually on December 31st, I made a tweet, or it was January 1st, one or the other, somewhere around midnight on that time. I said, Hey, let's have the, 2020, uh, the 2021 energy for the Libertarian Party be a little bit different. And I found this really inspiring video that somebody had made. But I- I'm just going to show the tweet for proof. I found a screenshot of this tweet. This, uh, this uh, account doesn't exist Mm -hmm. anymore but uh let's make this the libertarian party energy for 2021 and i tagged an interesting group of people here there's uh, dave smith tom woods spike cohen vermin supreme dan berman justin amash nick gillespie ron paul uh joe jorgensen gary johnson and adam kokesh that's a really weird list of names to read out you know a year and a half later now but um at the time it sort of made sense this just shows how naive I was on, you know, what the actual divides in the Libertarian Party were about. Uh, but this this tweet blew up, and this is how Dave Smith found out who I was. This is how I eventually got on his show. This is how most of the people in that list of names ended up knowing who I was. So, uh, but I, I was figuring, you know, before I keep talking about this, let's just uh, watch the video i've actually got it pulled up here and you will see I, this is i, I
1: will of, preface by saying i was also naive at the time but <laughs> carry on <laughs> oh yeah uh,
0: i mean this is just a complete uh bullshit you know complete uh misrepresentation of any possible reality but to an outsider who's looking at the libertarian party this makes it seem like all of us get along and right. i'll just play the video and then we'll we'll discuss afterward sounds good It's a beautiful day
1: for a revolution. And once again, I don't define victory by the number of votes. I've already won.
0: anywhere folks this is just the beginning
1: i think maybe correct me if i'm wrong but maybe 2 thirds of those people are still in the libertarian party <laughs>
0: yeah roughly i mean it's a very well done video that that can't be denied it's well put together and it Some good propaganda so it almost exactly, makes you think we get exactly along exactly what what i was almost saying. makes you
1: think they're all libertarians yeah, yeah
0: i know <laughs> but uh Anyway, I watched that. Uh, by the way, did you just throw that together yourself or was that a request from somebody that you decided to do? That was all me.
1: That was my. all me and my own naivety of, uh, yeah, of course, none of those people would have hired me to make that video with all those people in it because little <laughs> exactly. did I know that most of those people hate each other.
0: So. Yeah, exa- that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, there's no way the Mises Caucus hadn't made this. There's no way the Prags yeah. hadn't make this. There's no way, you know, the Ron Paul Institute hadn't made this. Uh, so, yeah, it. But it perfectly channels the energy that I had in the end of 2020 and the vision that I had. But um, I don't know. People have heard my story. So why don't you explain why you were kind of in a similar spot in a similar time? Um, How far back are we going? Um, Uh, Let's just say like post-election 2020. Okay.
1: So I got into doing the video stuff through, uh, I worked on Vermin Supreme's campaign, Um, met up with him in uh, at the illinois convention and just started working with him because i was like oh uh vermin's a entertaining guy um very nice cool dude everything no complaints about him as a human um some complaints about you know certain messaging and things like that but and things that he's done since then whatever doesn't matter um but i worked on that campaign and they kind of just let me do my thing and make stuff like this um and uh, they paid me every, every now and then for some of them but um it was mostly for the for the hell of it for uh the fun of working on that campaign and then i w- moved on from there working with uh spike cohen cuz spike was Vermin's running mate uh went on working with spike when he got on with joe jorgensen so i ended up doing her videos as well um they they brought they <laughs> were having me out doorlando and i i don't know how much we need to get into it but um they hired me they fired me and then i made an unsolicited video that they that forced them to rehire me and um, then I worked on that campaign after that uh was all said and done like this video is supposed to be kind of a shout back to like it has a lot of elements from one of the vermin videos that I made Uh like the make a joyful noise thing was like one of the uh openings to um one of the last videos I made for vermin and uh, so it was kind of you know just kind of a wrap-up to in my mind the way I saw it like even seeing some of the I don't know, um, less desirable features of politics go, working on these campaigns. I wasn't that deep into how the things work behind the scenes yet. So I was in kind of the mindset of like, you know, yeah, we didn't do great. We could have done better. But, you know, we're all libertarians at the end of the day. Like, I don't know, I would had, had some beefs with a few people here and there. But for the most part, I, like I was about the message of just libertarianism. And I still am like I'm as gay as liber- liberty, unity or whatever you called it is um i still st- like stand behind that ideally um if it works but you know when people are shady and corrupt um it's really hard to care about you know uniting with people who are just l- linos they're libertarians in name only a lot of them and that's fine like if i think uh, a lot of these people that left the libertarian party should have left the libertarian party a long time ago and i don't hold anything against them for not being libertarians they can go be whatever uh, the best green party member, or something like that, um as long as they you know aren't pulling the sh- same shady tactics over there. but um yeah, I, I I didn't even really know about your liberty unity thing all that much. I heard like it passed round here and there, but I wasn't following a lot of the people that were into it, even, and um I had no idea that I inspired that, and I'm not proud. but um I, I do I am proud of giving you uh, your. Like, I didn't know anything about you to the extent that I didn't have any questions for you. And I I was like, this dude just kind of came out of nowhere and blew up. What the hell? I didn't even know that I did it. And uh, I'm glad, I guess. I wish you would have shared some of that, um, you know, that love that you got a little sooner. But here we are.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think I actually put two and two together that, wow, Dan is actually mostly responsible for my rise to fame until we were at pork fest a couple weeks ago and I was sitting next to you and I was like, you know what, that video I tweeted out, I think Dan probably made that one because it's got his stylistic touch to it and it was true. Yep. And so, yeah, it is kind of amazing that, you know, I don't, I don't know that, that, you know, whenever I'm just going to basically say, whenever someone's angry at me for something, I will just point to you and say, this is where your frustration <laughs> should be directed just go talk to him. So Great. I know you've you've made a couple off comments here and there but do you want to like straight up address the people about what you've done here and do you have anything to say for yourself?
1: Um I ladies and gentlemen and everything in between um I would like to cordially and sincerely apologize for what I've done to the liberty movement. Um I I hear that uh Reed Coverdale is I've heard a lot of rumors, let's just say, things having to do with skin color, things having to do with ethnicities and religions, things like that. Um, I I disavow all of them, and I take no responsibility for um, what Reid has said, because as a shadow government myself, um, I do not take responsibility for anything that I do. That is all.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, people have accused me of being a Fed because of my instantaneous rise out of nowhere, but... Because me. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. I, I made the Fed. Yeah, the Fed. That, yeah. I wondered if you were a Fed myself. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Where'd he come from?
0: And uh, I did it. Whoops.
1: failing <laughs> in reverse.
0: <laughs> oh, well. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll put that all behind. Um, I, I, I forgive you, for one. I don't know if anyone else does, but... Um, <laughs> It is, uh, it is. Forgive me, you should be
1: paying me, motherfucker. Yeah, no, it should be.
0: It has made my life very interesting. So here we are. Um, but aside, aside from me being your fault, we do have a lot of stuff in common. We both come from really religious backgrounds. And then I think we both kind of, uh, found libertarianism in a similar way around the Rand Paul movement in 2015, Mm -hmm. 2016. So most people have, uh, heard my story already, but, what was your upbringing like? Were you just very, very conservative, very Christian, not allowed to ask many questions? What was what was the atmosphere like?
1: Pretty much. I mean, I, I yeah, it was kind of a culture of like nothing against my parents or whatever, but um, like it was kind of a culture of you. This is what we believe, and we believe it because it says to believe it. It says in the Bible to believe these things. Um, it, there wasn't a lot of like. I don't know, critical thought around these things. And, um, you know, having an open mind seemed scary at the time. Uh, and I always kind of like had in the back of my mind, like something seems strange about this self-fulfilling prophecy of I this is true because I say it's true and you have to believe that. And if you question it, then you're bad. Um, like that's not good enough for me. Like that's not real faith or anything. And that goes toward um like politics and, uh, you know, a lot of things that I talk about on my show as well. Just like I get I, I have a I don't know. Um, not. I wouldn't even say contrarian mindset. I would. I would just say like I don't trust things at, at face value. I like. I just. I need to understand them a little bit more in order to accept them as truth. And um, yeah. Um. So my upbringing, upbringing in like Cornfield, Illinois, was yes, very conservative, very. Um. I don't know. Just Midwest Bible belt, and um. Um. Yeah. So yeah, politics, (laughs) sorry, I'm also ADHD, I believe, Uh, (laughs) undiagnosed. but um, yeah, the the political stuff, like I was uh, familiar with Ron Paul, I didn't know really anything about him, I remembered hearing something about him at some point, and I had a sticker on my laptop from, I guess, I don't know, his 2012 run or something like that, Um, didn't, like I probably saw him in a debate or something, and I was like, that guy's anti-war, and that's cool, because I was anti-war, and my parents thought I was like, or maybe not my parents, but some family members definitely thought I was like going lefty because I was anti-war and it was very unpopular to be anti-war in the Republican Party back then. Um, So something about Ron Paul stuck out to me and I completely forgot about it until much later. But I went on to like I got interested in politics when Donald Trump was running because I was like, what the hell is this? Um, And I was like, uh, I knew that Rand Paul was running too. And I was like, I don't remember much or I don't know much about Ron Paul, but I remember liking him And people that I like, who look into the snuff more than me, like him, so let's look at Rant Ball. And I started following that. Um, It was what it was. But um, yeah, when Donald Trump uh, got the, whatever, the nomination or whatever, um, I started watching all the debates, watching all the everything um or i guess it was before that i was watching all the republican debates and then i was like you know i'm not a republican like this doesn't speak to me donald trump's not speaking to me like i'm here for the ride and i think it's a beautiful shit show but this is not me and uh, quite frankly not you know what the rest of these people are saying on the stage that doesn't really speak to me either um and so i started looking at the democrat debates and i watched all of them and i'm like well, these guys are just retarded. And then uh I, I was like, what else is going on? And I found libertarians and I got into the whole libertarian party thing. Um, yeah, when the like I was watching the debates between Austin Peterson, John McPhee uh, Gary Johnson, Daryl Perry, and stuff like that. And I joined the, the group um, because, because like of saw, the toaster license. You're I did like, not
0: get a toaster license.
1: I'm not joking. Like, that <laughs> is literally like when I joined, like, I, I didn't join the party right then, but that's when I was like in. And I know it's crazy and stupid and whatever, but I'm like, these guys mean it. Like, they mean it so much, they're willing to look stupid saying it. Like, that's uh, like the stuff that they're saying makes sense. It is corny a lot of the time. Gary Johnson, a lot of that. Um, it's corny, but he's not wrong, even even on some of his like more status leaning views, like coming from, you know, former conservative trying to find something. I'm like, I like those weren't off putting to me yet because I wasn't a real libertarian yet, I suppose. And uh, but yeah, like the crazy moments of McAfee, the crazy moments of Daryl Perry. I'm like, these guys are batshit crazy. and I'm here for it. So let's uh, let's go.
0: Yeah. Before we get into the interesting stuff, I just wanted to say, so we're, our, our what you're saying, were... that's
1: a very polite way of saying what you just said was very boring.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's, well, it's, it's, it's literally my story basically. So, you know, nothing too exciting there, but, sure. um, except for
1: the, the fed part and the explosion and success part that you have. Um... yeah,
0: exactly. So like I said, just boring. Other than that, you know? Very similar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, where we diverge is i worked on tulsi gabbard's campaign in 2020 and you worked for vermin supreme and even though vermin supreme was in the libertarian i don't know what that is i feel like you know they're they're finding us here out in the (laughs) out in the free state compound anyway um I was working on a Democrat campaign who supported Medicare for all and like a bunch of stuff I totally disagreed with that was very left wing. And you were working on Vermin Supreme's campaign, which was technically a libertarian campaign. But at the end of the day, I'd say Tulsi Gabbard is like way more right wing than Vermin Supreme is now. Like Vermin Supreme thinks that libertarians are Nazis and Tulsi Gabbard is on Fox News every night. So what happened there? That's, That's just a weird phenomenon that took place i i
1: have no idea um the, like the parties m- most of them don't really stand for anything like the the left and the right don't really stand for anything so tulsi being considered more republican now is to me just a. it only says something about the the left uh how batshit crazy off the deep end they've gone and uh what their party's pushing for um tulsi's not a uh, right winger um I, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination but um at the same time, neither is most of the Republican Party. So I don't even I don't like know what either of these parties really stand for at this point, um, except for the extreme versions of them. Uh, so to consider her more right or more left doesn't really mean all that much to me. Vermin, on the other hand, is I, I mean, he's he's gone more left than the uh, he was more left than me during the campaign. And he seems to have gone more left since then. But he was always kind of like, a, I don't know, like a hippie. Com- I communist i suppose like and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think like my wife and i considered joining a commune at one point because uh you know on a small scale i think it's a cool thing if everybody can agree on those things but um yeah as far as like you know slamming the libertarian party for being nazis that's a that's a different thing that i'm not i'm not interested in dealing with yeah. that,
0: so. <laughs> well i was actually like legitimately may- maybe i was just discovering that he was woke i guess he probably always has been but probably i i was legitimately it's always been a
1: shtick for him so it's hard to say like even when i first found out about him when he first started running there were a lot of libertarians who were like is he really a libertarian because he would always show up to pork fest and stuff and we're just kind of like okay cool yeah you can come up and do your thing um but it was always just like anti-establishment and it wasn't necessarily he wasn't he never really said specifically This is what or at least I didn't hadn't heard. This is like my actual political views until the campaign when he was running seriously. So who knows? Yeah,
0: I mean, I had him on my show in 2020 and it was one of the most interesting discussions I've ever had still. I mean, talking about using satire to poke fun at. The establishment and the way things are done and yeah. so for me and i i've known about him for a long time uh i think it was like 2012 when he first blew up and i've been following him so to see him like just devolve into this woke mess and like that's what he's known for in libertarian circles now he's not known for being the guy with the boot on his head anymore now he's kind of known as the guy who's just a woke piece of shit delegit you know just complaining about libertarians all the time so
1: I honestly don't I feel, know. Like, I try uh, not to, like, if somebody gets to a point, if I see, like, a tweet or something from somebody and I'm like, wow, that's really dumb, like, I just kind of stop paying attention. Like, I don't know what he's been posting, really. I've heard through the grapevine some things, but yeah. I, I just don't care. Like, if somebody else wants to, you know, shit post, uh about, you know, the Libertarian Party or the, Liber- the Liberty Movement or whatever, I don't care. It has no bearing on my life unless they're, like, directly attacking me. So it
0: is what it is. Right. So um, going back to, you were talking about when you were being brought up that when you were told you're not allowed to ask questions about something that always kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Um, and for me, that, that was kind of the beginning too. what was really interesting to me was that if you start questioning things, then you're going to burn in hell forever. And it's the devil tugging at your heart and getting you to think bad things and you need to pray against that at all costs. And Once you start critically thinking about anything, you're the enemy and, you know, Christians need to disassociate with you. Like all this shit. Um, And I don't know when I was like when I was in high school, I started really railing against that. But what I've found since those days is that. One of the reasons I'm anti censorship is that even if what you're trying to suppress is stupid or has no legitimacy or inherent value in what's being said, you instantly legitimize it by not allowing people to talk about it. So whether it's right. something that you don't want them to talk about because you're worried that they'll find out the truth, or it is something stupid that they're talking about, but you just don't want them to talk about it. Either way, you know, censoring it is the wrong option. Right. Uh, in in from from a perspective of self interest, like if you, I mean, I, I a lot I see a lot of right wingers now wanting to regain control of, you know, media or um, institutions and crush the left with these institutions. And I asked them, has the left been successful at crushing the right over the last several years? Like, if you ask me, the right seems like more, uh, you know, ready to roll than ever, because they've been so suppressed all the time. So it's weaponized. them. (laughs) But yeah, what what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely like, It's only, like, it hurts uh, their message or whatever. Like, the left censoring the right hurts them for a small time, but I I bet Alex Jones lost some followers, and I bet he gained a shit ton of followers because of the banning. Like, for me, like, I I didn't... I used to listen to Alex Jones. I haven't in a very long time, just because it's exhausting, but um, like, stuff like that, and stuff like, like certain conspiracy theories and things, like, I'm skeptical. Like, I like digging into conspiracy theories, but I'm not, like, believing all the things i just enjoy the thought experiments and stuff like that and it that youtube used to be wonderful for this because you could go down the the pipeline or the rabbit trail or whatever and just be like jump from one theory to another and like you don't have to believe the things that you see and i i think that these companies really are, it's very insulting and degrading for them to be like, you're so stupid that if somebody tells you that the moon is hollow cheese ball or whatever, that you will believe it. So we have to protect you from this very dangerous thing. And and not only is it degrading, but it like for somebody like me that is interested in those things and it's being taken away. Um, it makes me, I, I was skeptical. Now I'm less skeptical than I was before. Now I'm more like, if you're censoring this, if you're blocking this, I am more inclined to believe that it's dangerous, and it can only be dangerous if it has some, you know, actual bearing to it. So, um yeah, I, I think that uh, it all it does, uh, all the censoring has ever done, and all it will do in the reverse, if the right gets uh, gets the power and uses it in the same way, all it will do is make uh, bad ideas popular. It'll, it'll make people go like, if you start, I don't know, banning communists or something off of social media. Then it's going to make more communists over like over time. That's what it's doing right now. That's why you know uh, the right is picking up steam. It, I mean, it does have something to do with Joe Biden literally being dead currently. Um, but uh, it it's sure. it's not hurting. Like they're doing like January sixth commission after January sixth commission, and how many people like? Not only do people not care about January sixth anymore, but it seems like more people are being like guys this isn't that big of a deal why are we still fucking talking about this like it's making them like it's just I don't know it's showing the Emperor has no clothes more and more the more they try and take these things away or try and I don't know push their propaganda
0: yeah the the January 6th thing is incredible and it is a massive white pill that nobody is going to start caring about it you know like no matter how hard they try most of the country, I think even like most of the Democrats are like, okay guys, like we don't really care that much. Like, yeah, Yeah. what it was whatever it was, but we don't care. Um, And I I think as far as, you know, trying to suppress counter information um, being an abject failure goes, I think that, you know, the, the COVID regime of the last couple of years kind of brought that to a head. Like the fact that you weren't allowed to question how many vaccines you were supposed to get or how contagious the disease was or how likely to die from it you were or whatever, just made people instantly become retarded about it. Like instead yeah. of making people be more worried about it and more concerned, it had the complete opposite effect. So like any idea that someone has that suppressing something is going to make people listen to you more is completely, de- it- it's detached from reality completely. Right.
1: Yeah, the the media saying things like ivermectin or whatever. What I don't remember the other one, hydroxychloroquine or whatever. Uh, Yeah, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. I don't know the legitimacy of these things. I don't care. I didn't. I I got COVID. I believe several times. I don't know. I wasn't tested, but I did lose certain senses and things. But, um, I didn't take anything. I didn't do anything. I just laid down for a while and got better, um, as nature does. It tends to do. Um, but yeah, those things like. For all the people that got scared of those things that the media was telling them to be scared of, I don't know if it's less people, like fewer people, who were like, "I am more in like if I get COVID, I'm going to uh the f- whatever farm and fleet and getting some uh, some Ivermectin or something like that." Like it, it only made people more interested, or not even interested. It made people more like, "You've been lying to me this whole time, and you're telling me a thing is bad, so it's probably good." And there, I mean. For better and worse, like, to me, the silver lining of COVID and all this stuff is that it woke a fuck ton of people up and made them start actually paying attention to these things. And um, question not just questioning, but, like, uh, if the media says something, it's probably the opposite thing that is true. And uh, the more people realize that, like, you don't have to know what is exactly true. Just know that they're liars. And um, if you want to know what, what's actually going on, probably just assume the opposite of whatever they're saying
0: right now. So... I've always had a love-hate relationship with the general public as far as their intelligence goes and willingness to question things. Sometimes I'm impressed, and then most of the time I'm just like, even if the media was telling us 100% what was true, you would still be moronic and choose not to believe it and choose to believe whatever is comfortable. Because I feel like most people could educate themselves and find out the truth about things, but it's just not comfortable when you find out what the truth is about a lot of different subjects. So, um, you know, and I, I think that's humanity's number one fear is discomfort. The ultimate goal that we're seeking all the time is being well-fed, uh, being air-conditioned, being, you know, showered every night, whatever it is. Like, I don't think that uh, people want to know truth if it's uncomfortable. Uh, Do you ever have those thoughts or do you think that it's mostly because we have a misinformative media?
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, There's a lot of people who aren't watching media at all, except for like they get their news from Facebook and their friends and things like that. Um, Yeah, I think there's a trickle down effect from their propaganda as well, where one person says it and then their friend whatever, like CNN says a thing and they're the one out of a group of people, the one person who watches CNN says it says, repeats that nonsense and it gets around. But I do think that there's also something to um, people not wanting to be uncomfortable. And actually, my podcast was started on around the idea of like my friends and I would just sit around, have a couple of drinks, talk about some conspiracies, politics, religion, the things that are taboo or uncomfortable typically deemed uncomfortable that for some reason I don't consider all that uncomfortable. It's just like real life and, you know, thinking and asking questions about things. I like, to me, that just, I it's beyond me how people don't ask questions and don't think about these things. Um, that the things that I'm bringing up on my show are like revelations or, or anything like that. It's like, I'm just a dude who's like, hey what if that thing and let's talk about that but yeah the show started around this idea of just sitting around chatting about those things and um there were some people um i, I would say I, I think there were four of us at the time it quickly became uh, me doing interview show for a long time um just out of like scheduling problems it being impossible to get four people together all the time but um Yeah, two of the those four people have gone on to be like leftists, and it's it's I don't know. Like, people who used to enjoy digging into conspiracies with me are like, do not talk about conspiracies at all. That's (laughs) stupid. And I'm like, "I, I didn't like I didn't change. This has always been like this. Is what where it started was our friendship and talking about these things, and now it's like not only are you not part of the show, but You do not even want to even bring these things up. And I think a a lot of it is, um, I I mean, nothing against them personally. And this is not just them individually, like people in general. I think there's a lot of like fear of looking stupid, fear of not being the smartest person in the room. Like if somebody knows more about a topic or asks questions that I can't answer, then I just like there's no value in me getting into that. So I'm not going to even go there. Um, so shut it down from the get-go. I think it's a lot of insecurity. And again, not them individually or personally, but um, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of it. People who, it used to be fine to look at these things, it used to be fine to ask these questions. There was a big campaign uh, in the media to stop any talk of conspiracy theory. As bad as it was to be a conspiracy theorist before, it's only gotten worse as YouTube kicks people off for being conspiracy theorists. And the Alex Jones and Trump and Q and all that phenomenon of uh Turning conspiracy theorists, taking them, turning them from uh, crazy, whack job, whatever, outcasts into terrorists now um, to where like people just don't want to touch this stuff. They don't even want that label associated with them in any way. And I I find it odd because especially libertarians, like we know that these terms were made for this very purpose of, um, you know, pushing these people out of society and keeping people from asking questions. Uh, so for us to be like, we're in, this is like the two people who were on the show, I don't, they weren't even really libertarians at the beginning. So I'm not talking about them at all. I'm just like libertarians in general seem to avoid talking about conspiracy theories or any of that stuff because they think it discredits them. Like we have all this credit as libertarians that we're yeah, going to lose. Exactly. <laughs> like we don't believe in government or we believe in a uh, very small government at the very least. That's crazy. And you're a terrorist. So why don't you just embrace the uh, you know, looking into the lies that your government has been telling you since before you were born.
0: Yeah, well, someone corrected you here to uh, when you refer to President Biden, please call him uh, pedo Peter, I think is uh, so. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure you've heard about this by now, but uh, Oh yeah. 4chan hacked Hunter Biden's iCloud and apparently his parents contact info was mom and pedo Peter. Um, yep. But in light of this i, I was wondering which of the, the conspiracy theories that ended up being true over the last couple of years is your favorite so i can just think of a few off the top of my head one being that the vaccine doesn't stop the spread or that it doesn't stop you from dying uh no nazis in ukraine was a good one uh no bio labs in ukraine was another good one um ukraine is winning the war was another good one uh let's see there's I don't I don't know what else there's a lot though, but what, what are some of your favorites that have like undeniably turned out to be true? Oh,
1: I love all of them. I mean it's hard to <laughs> can you really choose a favorite child? Um like I, I said the other day on Twitter, I was like, um Oh, and I meant to throw in Hunter's laptop. I don't right. know if I said that, but that was yeah.
0: kind of that what brought it up. So yeah.
1: Yeah, the other day I said on Twitter, I used to be a conspiracy theory podcaster. Now I'm more of a news comment commentator. And I have not changed like like the the conspiracy theories are just news now. They're like it's all just out there in broad daylight and it's kind of a beautiful thing. But some of my favorites, like I like the ridiculous ones like Jussie Smollett. Uh, I thought that that was a beautiful conspiracy. Um, Just And still nothing has happened to that guy. He was in jail for like two days and they let him out, uh, faked his own um, hate crime on himself. And, you know, the only the only suicide he will co- commit is a uh, career suicide. Uh, but he did warn us that he was not suicidal. Uh, he yelled it multiple times before going into or leaving the courtroom. Which did you did you see that happen in real time? That was just like I honestly wasn't paying attention to it. But it was incredible. Like they like sentenced him, and on his way out, he keeps like shouting, uh, "I am not suicidal. If I die in there, I'm not suicidal." Like trying to make act like he's this big deal. Like somebody's yeah. gonna kill him for they're gonna
0: bother to epstein him because he's so important has so much information that they yeah
1: not (laughs) only did he not die but he barely was in jail long enough to kill himself even but yeah i like that one um yeah hunter biden's laptop i uh i was reading laptop from hell like right after it came out and i was like this is just true um like uh like the whole hunter biden thing i'm like why are you people acting surprised about this thing? And I kind of feel like nobody really is surprised, which is the crazy part. We're just like, yep, we knew. (laughs) Like, we knew that stuff was there. Even if there was no laptop, we know that that stuff is going on, or at least those of us who are paying attention knew that that stuff was going on. But um, let's just sit back and watch as absolutely nothing happens to Hunter Biden, whose father was, like, pushing the, the crime bill and pushing for harder sentences on drug punishments. And now we have... Video of Hunter, like, brandishing illegal firearms and uh, arguing with prostitutes about how much cocaine he has and stuff like that. And pictures of him uh, next to a girl in bed who's tied up with a bag over her head. Um, nothing to see there. Nothing alarming at all. Video or pictures of uh, Hunter with, like, f- they're all fully clothed, I suppose, but uh, about five or six underage girls um, on his him, half naked. But, you know, just... It's not Trump. It's like Alan Dershowitz not Trump, didn't though. take
0: his underwear off. So, right, no, it's so it's fine. It, yeah,
1: yeah. That At least it's not Trump, you know? Yeah. Trump, he was mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God. Yeah, it, dude. So, I mean, when, when I was on Tulsi's campaign, I think that was the end of my idea that we have a government that the people don't deserve. Like, the people deserve better than this. Like... You know that that was kind of my I thought, thought. you go the
1: other way. We have a government that people don't deserve. We deserve far worse because we're yeah, just all and
0: then like I, I saw you were talking about Biden pushing the or writing the ninety-four crime bill yeah. and then you know pushing for or I think he wrote the original draft of the Patriot Act, it got redrafted and passed later on. He probably
1: plagiarized it in fairness, but you know <laughs> but
0: uh you know, seeing the all cops are bastard people in the streets for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So seeing them campaign for the crime bill guy and the dirty cop who kept prisoners past their term to fight fires uh, to fight forest fires for free for the state of California. I'm like, wow, these are your heroes. Like uh, maybe you deserve maybe it's the opposite of Batman. He's the hero. You know, Joe Biden is the hero we deserve, not the one we need. (laughs) Yes.
1: It's true. It's true. And uh, Trump uh, was—I don't know—was Trump more than we deserve? Was was he too good for us? If we deserve Biden, then Trump was was too good for us. I suppose. I guess. Yeah, it's pretty low
0: bar, but it's true. (laughs) Really bad. Yeah.
1: uh, Yeah. Biden, uh, like. I I don't know, man. Like as shitty as things are under the Biden administration, I kind of love it. Like almost more, same, yeah, almost more than Trump. Like I love the Trump administration for similar reasons. Just like I'm here for the shit show. (laughs) Like politics suck. Let's make them interesting. I'm chaotic, neutral. Burn it down if you must. And if this is the way we got to go, then I'm along for the ride. Um, Yeah, Biden is like worse. Like impressively like worse at the job worse at speaking amazingly they found somebody worse at speaking than trump like we made fun of trump for like four years because he spoke in small little baby sentences and um now we have biden who can't finish a sentence that's written for him with his name really big and bold above it so he doesn't accidentally read it out loud um it like it's impressive and i'm i'm I love watching it happen because the emperor has never been more exposed, uh, for the naked, you know, spanked bottom bare ass that he has. It's, it's beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, no, it's very true. Um, I mean, they're kind of, he's the perfect successor to Trump, you know, like having them consecutively the way we did, was the right lineup, you know, like having Trump talk about nuking hurricanes to try to stop them, and then as you uh, do, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I mean, just that type of stuff that was just like, wow, did he really say that? Yeah, he did. Wow, that, that's amazing. Now having Biden like read the teleprompter and say like pause, wait for applause, repeat last yeah. line or whatever. It's just, it's. The I'm more concerned that-
1: about his improv ending of his uh, State of the Union address, where everybody's <laughs> clapping. And he's like talking about Putin. He's like now go get him so wait what and it's like cut to, cut to the credits <laughs> it's like what did he just say he said go get him what do you mean go get him who's going to get him who are you talking to are you calling for an insurrection or or something i don't, I don't know what's happening but
0: yeah i, love no, it. I, I do too i mean I, I remember the first time i really really started appreciating it was under trump when we, you know, pulled out of Syria without actually pulling out of Syria and everyone was freaking out that we betrayed the Kurds or whatever the fuck. And uh, he said, we're leaving a detachment of troops behind to protect the oil in Syria. And everyone was freaking out that he said that. And I was just like, holy shit, like, that's awful. But he at least said (laughs) why we're actually leaving the troops there. You know, Obama would have come up with some, you know, statesman like, bullshit excuse like we're there to protect the people from the butcher Damascus or whatever but Trump (laughs) just straight up said why we were doing it and when he was running for president he said like we should have kept the oil when we invaded Iraq like it wasn't the problem wasn't that we invaded Iraq it was that we didn't go in (laughs) and strip them of all their riches and then leave you know it's just like hey at least he's being honest like it's just kind of incredible but
1: I'd rather have an honest retard than a you know a lying one Biden but or Obama or Biden same thing whatever I I get them confused Um, the Biden is just the older whiter Barack Obama
0: who can't talk like they're other than that they're very similar yeah. How, how is it that Biden put it? Obama is like one of those. How did he describe Obama that one time? It was like extremely racist, but it was incredible. Like, it was, uh, he's very literate. He's one of the good yeah, ones Yeah, he's or one of the like literate that. ones
1: or something.
0: He always said it was incredible. But... He's, very, he's a very
1: clean, literate. He's one of the good ones, something like that. <laughs> so Yeah. And uh, Trump was a racist for something, I think.
0: Yeah, something. Well, you know, the 21st century... The Obama years are going to be remembered as that strange time when we had a president who could speak in complete sentences. Because you had, you know, you had Strategery, <laughs> and then you mm-hmm. had Obama, who actually could speak. And then we had, we need Wall, and now we have the current guy. And you know, it's just, I don't know, it, it's it's kind of nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that the black guy would be the most literate? <laughs> that one's for you, Biden. That one's yep. for you.
0: I denounce Dan Smotz as irrational and repugnant saying <laughs> that.
1: I denounce myself for it as well.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> have you like did what's weird with me is I have never been woke. Like if people had seen the jokes I made on the job site in twenty fifteen, a bunch of the people who initially thought they kind of liked me and then distanced themselves from me, they would never have wanted to associate with me in the first place. But for some reason, a lot of people that used to like think I was cool now have denounced me and don't want anything to do with me. Has that been similar with you? Have you been like, I've, I'm literally the same person. I don't know what you thought, but uh, they just find out stuff about you from the past or have they gotten worse or what what do you think causes that uh, that strange event?
1: I don't have friends to begin with and that makes it easier. (laughs) Um, That makes sense. I mean, really,
0: no friends. Wow. Absolutely not. No. That,
1: um. No. Like my, I have a few friends in real life that, like, COVID did a number on on those relationships. Uh, for mostly, you know, propaganda reasons. But um, yeah, I, I've lost a few people there. Not really lost. Like, we can still talk and chat about stuff. I'm just not going to bring it up because it, it doesn't matter and it's not worth it and it's not going to go anywhere. Bringing up things like COVID around them. Um. Uh. As far as, like, people online, I honestly don't know who I've lost and who I haven't lost because, um like, I have friends. I, there's nobody that I've lost that I really considered close friends except for, I don't know, like, one or two people on a certain campaign um that have attacked me behind the scenes and things like that. Um, but uh, for the most part – and actually, maybe I should go there a little bit uh, because, yeah – as far as them not like, I didn't really change, and there was like a blog article written up about me on that campaign. Um, people pointing out all my jokes that I've made over the years, and they're like, This is not who you are, you need to come out and apologize. And I'm like, Actually, that is who I am, and I'm not going to apologize, and also fuck yourself, but um, yeah, I don't like for the most part though, outside of a couple instances here and there i don't really pay attention to people who i'm not friends with online like i don't pay attention to haters i don't know if i have haters i don't really care if i have haters i i'm sure i do um but until they like there is a couple people that'll tag me directly on things and i'm just like okay whatever i like usually ignore them but not a whole lot of people have attacked me to my knowledge (laughs) like and if they do i don't really give a shit because uh they're not my concern so
0: yeah yeah i've I had some rifts within the extended family over some stuff that's happened. Um, But again, kind of what you said, like if the relationship is so weak that it's terminated over political differences, maybe it wasn't that strong and valuable to begin with. But it's been interesting over the last couple of years, seeing how people have reacted the way they have, because a lot of them have reacted the opposite of the way I thought they would um and it's been interesting along kind of liberal conservative lines because you know in the trump years the conservatives were the ones who literally wanted to go like round up people in the southern united states and ship them back across the border so like i was much more worried about conservatives being for some sort of police state than liberals for a time there like in 2017 2018 but then it's almost been the opposite throughout the last couple of years with COVID. The liberals have been much more uh, favorable toward checkpoints and lockdowns and mandates. Right. And it's just, They want to it's abolish the police,
1: but they also want you to be forced to stay in your home and give away your guns. Exactly. And I don't know how that works. <laughs> but yes, uh, like and uh, that's another silver lining of COVID on the opposite is that uh, we've got people like Matt Walsh now. Speaking against the cops in some circumstances, which never would have happened if not for COVID, and uh, you know, just a lot of right-leaning people who are waking up to, oh, you don't like the government? Well, do you know who enforces the government? All the shitty laws that they make—they have zero value unless somebody is enforcing those laws. And who do you think enforces them? Like you're backing the blue, but the blue is currently like beating the shit out of you for opening your restaurant or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's great in that effect that uh, it woke up people to you know how much authority the cops really think that they have over you and what they are willing to do with it and um i think it was you actually in maybe in your speech at pork fest you said which I that was great uh that there are some good cops and they're the ones that aren't doing their jobs yeah, like that was me <laughs> they're just the <laughs> ones that are uh you know they're normal people and um they shouldn't like they sh- like if there's going to be cops yes those are the good ones but they're only good because they're not enforcing the laws on the books
0: Right. Yeah. I actually was hanging out with one of my brother's friends who's a cop this weekend. And I made that exact case to him. I told him about my speech and he's probably going to come on the show. And I think by the end of the show, I'm going to make him argue against the case for having a state police system. We'll see how that goes. But that'll be interesting. Nice. Nice. So uh, what, what is goulash films anyway, is that you and your former friends or is that how that started? Or is that your thing or somebody else's thing you make videos for? What's the difference between goulash films and the system is down?
1: Uh, It's just me. Um, It's uh, my video production company. It started there and doing like I was doing music videos and stuff like that for friends out of high school, like taught myself out of necessity to do video for those projects and um, uh, eventually started doing wedding videos. And that's, I mean, it's my, I kind of keep them separate. Like, I if I make a video and it's, like, like, a Jeremy Kaufman video or whatever, I might just put my name on it instead of uh, Goulash Films or something like that. Because it's more, it's currently, like, about half and half the this political stuff and half the wedding stuff, which are two very, you know, different Do you things for me. you political
0: weddings, or are those kind of awkward? I
1: have not done one yet. <laughs> um, I've done some lesbian weddings. I don't know if that counts, because... I'm pretty sure that's a political stance these days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, like I, I, it's my video company, whatever, um, and I do mostly wedding videos and you know, corporatey, more corporatey type things there. Uh, but I, I, I will throw up like uh, the pork fest video there and stuff like that. And mostly, like I'm kind of edging out some of the weddings as the because uh, I enjoy, I enjoy both, but I do enjoy the the liberty shit more than shooting a wedding. So, um, it's a lot, a lot lower stress and a lot more entertaining to make a Jeremy Kaufman video than it is to make a wedding video, but yeah,
0: for sure. So, um, I I do want to ask about the, um, the emo stuff is that, are you, are you, uh, are are you the only prominent Mises caucus emo out there or are there (laughs) others among the Mises caucus? Do you feel kind of lonely or what's that like?
1: i hope that there's none other than me because that would mean that i have a community and as emo people do like you can't cut yourself in a group you got to do that solo like as soon as you have friends are you really emo at that point that's a good point
0: yeah i mean you're solid on the no friends thing so right right (laughs) (laughs) all right so last question i wanted to ask this is a serious one flat earth Let's, uh, I, I just want to hear the case for it. I like we'll you say. it's a serious it, one. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like to? That's not really a
1: question, unless well, it's a Question. I mark, mean, but. you felt like
0: I I misrepresented the case. Oh, when And yeah. I was on Tower Gang, and you were forced to film and couldn't really interject. So here's your case to interject. Uh, here's your chance to interject and give your case. So right.
1: It's like being tied up and forced to watch like the murder of your child or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, um yeah, like I enjoy the flat earth stuff. It was one of the conspiracy stuff that I got into early on in like um uh, I was digging into the conspiracy stuff on YouTube and things um long before I had a podcast. And so I dug into all these different theories. And when I started the podcast, like I wasn't like vocal about, hey, I think the earth could be flat or whatever. Um I was just like maybe with a friend or two, I would bring it up. But that, I started the podcast and I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to talk about that for a long time because I'm not willing to put my name on that yet. And um, um, then like episode six, I <laughs> had a guest on. We talked about Flat Earth. So we it was kind five of five episodes right. <laughs> without talking
0: about Flat Earth. <laughs> yes.
1: I, uh, I I don't know why, but I reached out to Marty Leeds, who's an awesome dude. And um, uh, he responded and was like, yeah, dude, I'll come on your show. Um, and he wasn't doing like a lot of podcasts at the time. So he, he liked what I was doing or something. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, um, I I have gone on other podcasts and debated in defense of the flat earth theory. Um, I don't necessarily believe it uh, 100% because um, I don't necessarily believe anything 100%. And my, my stance on the theory is mostly like, I've seen enough to be convinced that what they're telling us about the shape of the earth is not true. And that's kind of the extent of it. And there's a lot of flat earthers who are, believe it or not, very smart. And they've done... More, uh, more digging, more research on these things than anybody, any detractor has ever done.
0: The and dog they've... whistling here is incredible. You're like, look, I don't want to distance myself from the flat Earth community, but <laughs> I also don't want to associate with them. And I'm not saying the Earth is flat. I'm just I, saying, I'm not like, involved they're... in any flat
1: yeah. Earth community. <laughs> like I'm, I'm always stoked if I find somebody who's a flat Earther, but I don't like hang out in flat Earth chats or anything like that. Um, I just find it to be a fascinating theory. And yeah, uh, like. I, it's my favorite theory. I hope that it is flat. I'll say that. But I'm not convinced necessarily that it is. Uh, But I I find it cool and fascinating. And for people, like, it's anything that people are like, well, like, the moon landing and stuff like that. I I don't believe that we have gone to the moon or put a man on the moon. But that's a different thing altogether. I believe that more strongly. But um, any of these things where people are like, oh, you're so dumb, you probably believe the earth is flat, too. I'm like, why is that such a such a bad thing like why is that so scary and so stupid in our society or whatever like for most of uh the existence of humanity man has believed that the earth was flat and assuming that we have it all figured out and we know more than you know maybe somebody maybe they had the technology to understand more than we did back then i don't know um but it's it's at least worth exploring. Yeah. And if I you're mean, afraid of the question that, lo- then you're wrong. Along
0: that line of thought, like for the most of our history we didn't allow women to participate in politics exactly. or own property, you know. So I, I kinda So like we we were right for, for
1: most money. of our, most of the time, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so if they were if they were
1: right on that who's to say they weren't (laughs) right on the flat earth man Come on,
0: (laughs) exactly yeah i like the way you're thinking there oh man well yeah we'll have to get you back on again to talk about flat earth and other such theories but uh for now dan i've got your youtube and your twitter linked in the description but where else would you like people to follow you the internet you go, uh, the system is down.tv
1: TV is uh, the website, and it's got links to all the things. Um, I use Twitter mostly at TSA so If I were smart,
0: I would have just linked the website, and I would have had to do two blanks or even ask you the question. But I, I would
1: require you to do a little bit of research on your your guest before you have exactly. one. From <laughs> you what you, from from the <laughs> digging that I've seen you you've done on the flat Earth before having an official yeah. debate on that between other people who have done just the same amount of digging. Um, yeah, I didn't expect
0: much. And, it's almost uh, like do... asking someone for an interview when you don't even like know what you're going to talk to them about because you just find them so uninteresting. Almost <laughs> along those same lines, but
1: it's true. It's true. And <laughs> honestly, like I, I would rather like I don't like the formal debates where it's like question number one. Um, either. when did you become a libertarian? Um, which I guess you kind of
0: did that, but whatever. I kind of did do that. <laughs> but you know, I, I feel like we deviated from it eventually. I mean, debates. I'll, I'll let you finish your plugs in a second but debates are more just confirmation bias than anything like you go watch a debate to reinforce why you think something and then if someone says something you don't like you just turn it off basically so yeah
1: yeah but,
0: but yeah your your website is that it that's where that's where people should go though the, the thing exactly. that i didn't link in the description
1: yep the system is down dot tv <laughs> check it out there's, there's some things on there reed's been on my show twice now um so i have yeah pretty sure yep reno and pork fest i think those oh are, yeah that, that's true they that's count because they were yeah. in an episode so yeah you owe um, me one more of these and then we'll be we'll be square all right
0: even yeah <laughs> and then i never have to pay for videos again it's all going to be free after that something like that <laughs> <laughs> all right guys go follow dan the system is down he makes you know okay videos they're not that bad um, and he talks about interesting stuff like the flat earth. So I don't Allegedly. know why you not want to go check him out. So Allegedly, but you want to know because you've Stan? never, you've
1: never listened to my show, I bet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, any last words is don't go to college kids. Um, YouTube still has some value and it's all free and you can teach yourself whatever you want, unless you're a doctor, in which case use rumble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. There you go, guys. I will be in Vegas the rest of the week. I'm going to Freedom Fest and I get back on Sunday where we will have the four horsemen at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Jeremy Kaufman is our fourth horseman this time. And I'm working on lining up times for interviews with Robbie Martin, Nick Gillespie and Roger Stone. So those Mm. will be coming soon after. But uh, like I said earlier, go check out the merchandise in the description, subscribe to my sub stack and anywhere else you're not following me, all the links are there.
1: Reed only buy, only gets shirts for fat people. That's what he thinks about you guys. He tried giving it's me true. a shirt at, uh, at Porkfest and he didn't have any below like a triple XL or something like that. <laughs> that's so a
0: slight exaggeration. He
1: knows but... that all of you are fatties and uh, that's how he feels about you. You guys
0: did impress me. Demographic. A lot of people asked for mediums and the smallest size I brought was large. But,
1: and then you looked at them, and you're like, are you sure? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although, you know, it is it is sad that a medium should fit, like, a medium-sized person now, right? But a medium-sized person is an extra large now. Because exactly. now, you, now you have 5XL. You know, yeah. you need to redo it. XL is medium. It's, it's then, like Burger you know,
1: King's medium used to be, like, a medium drink. And now it's, yeah. like, a medium-sized bucket. And, like, all these things just expand as we do. So, exactly Capitalism. Yeah.
0: all right guys we will catch you
1: on the next stream thanks for having me